Hey, this is Rex from Kill Bubble Hill. You listen to Focus on Metal. Hey, Metalhead, Scott here. And COVID Richie. There you go. It, it, it's finally <laughs> happened that, that it's almost like ultra old school focus on metal where it's doing it over Skype even though we live in the same damn city. But see how dedicated we are. We're actually still going to de- do one even though, yeah, Richie's doing the whole giant COVID shit show paint job over himself and everybody around him. But uh, it's good to have you uh have you on the phone tonight anyway so we can uh, at least do uh some some discussion because that's the basis of what this whole damn show was founded on yeah i'm looking forward to this because I'm, I'm actually i'm just going store crazy <laughs> this is the i've been stuck at home just to talk to somebody else in life <laughs> <laughs> oh awesome no I, I was i was glad when you hit hit me up and it was like oh great i get to fire up the board again and and of course, and then, you know, when I said to you today, I'll, I got to check everything out. Sure enough, there was another Skype update and everything. So, so even between the time that I did the Jim Santoro one to now, yeah, that it, it updated again, but, uh, yeah, it all works. Didn't break anything. So, uh, yeah, we are, we are able to discuss. So lots of, lots of stuff that's come down lately. And I know you hit me up with a couple of topics last night and who knows where the hell this will go. Let's hit the first one first. And, and, and that's, uh, all of the stuff from Metallica, which was uh, a bit surprising. A bit? Very. <laughs> Came from nowhere. I, I mean, the fact that they were able to keep that Stone Cold secret is unbelievable. Now, maybe it's because they were doing, you know, a lot of it at home or whatever. But the fact that they were able to keep all of that quiet was I, I just was mind-boggling. I, um. I think they had one advantage when 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 you compare them to someone like ACDC. Mm. ACDC don't have their own studio. Van Halen did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 5150. And Metallica have their own base in San Francisco. Yep. And they're always touring and stuff like that. So, you know, they're in and out of there. Yeah. Um, so you don't know whether they're recording anything new or not. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, it's, it's amazing mind- that, that Lars could keep his mouth shut. That's just, I mean, that long. <laughs> <you know? laughs> well, you yeah. know, um, it, it's, it says a lot about the, uh, crowd that they have around them, mm-hmm. management crew, everybody that everybody was on board. Now they were probably warned that they did be severe consequences if anything was leaked. But mm. in this day and age, to actually be able to pull that off and and to release a new song and nobody knew right um around the world uh hats off to them for doing that you yeah, could have done you could have done it in include, the 80s they did the video these, for these it days, too no. so it isn't even yeah. like they were just in HQ recording but they did the whole damn video too yeah but you had you would have had all these non-disclosure agreements and all that but mm. the fact that no one had a few a few beers in a bar you know, yeah. that I work for Metallica and let it slip. The yeah. fact that that, he, that didn't even happen. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's crazy. And so it, did it you, you listen to the new song? I did. I did. And okay. I, and? I, I, I like it. You see, I, I like it. A lot of people, how, how would I put this? Because um, I see it with a lot of bands. Hmm. Metallica, 
there's Metallica fans out there that have waited seven years just to say this is a load of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it comes with every record they've done. Um, the band died when Cliff died. You know, all the all the usual comments that you see. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, you, and you've seen it since the Black album. Oh yeah, right. And even before then, you know, they've only four good albums, right? Okay, that's your opinion, right? But then there's people out there. And they wait all these years, and it's just going to be negative no matter what. It doesn't yep. matter how good it is. Yeah. They're just waiting for Metallica to bring out something new. And the only thing they're interested in is is saying how shit it is and getting in on the group thing with that, saying, oh, I was there in the beginning, and, you know, yeah. it, it's, a load, it's a load of rubbish, and Lars is a shit drummer and all that. Um, is, it, is it as good as their... <laughs> of course it's not. No, but, but I will say... I, I look... I, it's a step in the right direction. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like, right it is. You know what I mean? Because you had, I mean, you, there was a certain sound that they introduced with, with Death Magnetic. And I, I don't know how to describe it, but sonically there was something that happened with Death Magnetic that I know we've talked about this. And I remember even back with Jay that, you know, initially I couldn't really connect well with Death Magnetic. But after about a year or so, popped it in again, revisited it, and then I found things that I liked. But then that mm. similar sound was present again in Hardwired. But I connected more with Hardwired right away than I did with Death Magnetic. But then, and so when this one came out, I was almost expecting to have kind of more of that. It was almost like they were moving towards that. And I was, I was actually very pleasantly surprised that one, it, it drove the whole way through. It wasn't, you know, like, mid-tempo it didn't slog it had this good aggressive you know pace to it and um just the vocal sounded good just everything on it it was almost like i could i could feel a little bit of of ride in there and but i could also hear the early influences that like lars had from you know nawabum and there's definitely a, a Motorhead vibe in there as well. And I, like I said, I really liked it. And I went, I went into work the next day, and a couple of people that are, you know, minor Metallica fans, and then a couple of people that were kind of bigger Metallica fans. I told them all, like, you, you got to go check it out. You've really got to go check out this song and let me know what you think of it. And believe it or not, every last one of them liked it. Yeah. In general, a band like that doesn't have to make an album anymore. So no. the fact that they've actually bothered to do it yep. is a is a big plus in my my view. Yep. Um, I I put a post on the Facebook page a couple of weeks ago, and uh, that I'm I love every album a band has done since I started getting into metal in the mid '80s. But I'm grateful for the journey that they brought me on with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's, I, yeah. Do do I think the newer Metallica stuff is anywhere near as good as the first four? No, but I I can still put on load on reload, yeah. And Death Magnetic and Hardware and it, depending on what mood I'm in, I can really like some of the stuff on those records. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing too is, I mean, you, you got to go back to it, and you got to you got to think that, you know, they're 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 not wealthy, they're angry, they're with each other almost twenty four hours a day. And they are just absolutely immersed in it when you start talking about kill them all, you know, and even with, with, uh, 
with ride. And, and so, yeah, you are not going to get that same effect with people now who, who are wealthy that have lots of other distractions in their lives, including the back then they didn't have families. Now they do. So there's, there's a, a more sense of, of normalcy. They've also experienced a lot more music than they had when they started back in, when, when in the early days as well. And they weren't single-minded about the music they were going to listen to, except, you know, Cliff was always kind of all over the place and, and listening to other things and bringing things in. But really, you know, Lars had a thing he liked and James had a thing he liked. Was, they were very singular in their music taste. And now they've had a lot of other things going on. And yeah, of course it's going to change. If, if I write a song today, it is nowhere near going to be what I would, would have written back in 1982. Totally different state, you know? Yeah, it's the band from people. We're different people, mm-hmm. and our tastes, I think, have hopefully matured. I I listen to a lot more different types of music now. Or let me phrase it a different way: I admit to listening to a lot more different types <laughs> of music now than I did when I when I was sixteen or seventeen. Mm. Like there's certain bands that have that came out in the eighties that. And, and the 90s, at the time, I was like, oh, I can't stand that. And now I can listen back now with, you know, uh, with, with the time that I've had in between and say, actually, yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah. I actually quite like that. And then uh, you can flip that the other way then. And there's music that I loved in the 80s. And now I put it on. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, well, what the fuck was I thinking? But um, I'm I'm just really glad that that they're bothering to do to do it anymore because once I heard James come out and saying he was going back into rehab, I was thinking, ah, that's it, they're done. Mm. Um, they're not done, done making new music. Um, I I'd love to know where where's the motivation to do it. Is it? Do you think it's still coming a lot from Lars? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with James, though. Like, James has to be in a certain headspace to do it. Right. Well, my, my understanding of this, too, is that, you know, this whole, even this whole concept behind the album, the title and all that is a lot of what, you know, you know, James has has worked through. So that's kind of that whole what, you know, what's behind this 72 seasons. So I, I think that there is uh, probably some cathartic you know, need from James for doing this. Lars, I think, is going to always be up for doing it as well. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, Robert and and Kirk just genuinely like to make music anyways. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm excited for the new record. I'm not going to lie. Hmm. Um, I, I really do like the single. It's, what, three and a half minutes long? Yeah, and, and like I said, I'm I mean, sure. it just pummels you the whole way through. Not like a machine head pummels you, but, I mean, it's good. It's It's... It's you know much more aggressive than than the things they put out lately, and it it grabbed me right away. You know, and and I was just like waiting. Okay, when is this going to go into some other thing? And, and it didn't. It was like I said, it had that. It really had that Nawabum kind of of ethos to it, and I I liked it. So you got how many of the shows are you going to? Well, so no, now so I like the single. the The show thing is what kind of got me to be like, what the fuck. So I, I don't know if you got involved in buying the tickets or anything, because you probably didn't because nope. you're smarter than me. <laughs> That's why I'm asking you and you're not asking me. <laughs> so, you know, initially, I, I because I'm a legacy, um, you yeah. know, I got the announcements early and I was like, ooh. So I figured right away 
that I'm like, okay, well, they're going to do, they're going to do Gillette. Okay. It's a Friday and a Sunday. And I didn't, and I was like, kind of like psyched to even see the, see the show announcement. So I didn't, and I actually, I think, if I think back the original thing I got to, as well. And I just, I happened to be home that day. Cause that was the day I had to get the root canal. So I was back from the root canal from about half an hour sitting here and I got the email. So it was like, Ooh, and uh, so I, you know, and but it, it didn't mention the fact that it was an all or nothing ticket. It was either you did both days or you did no days. They weren't doing; they're not doing single days. So I, you know, I looked at it and said, "Oh, okay." Well, um, at that point, not knowing that, I'm like, "Okay, well, Nikki's probably going to want to do the Friday, and Friday's going to have, um, you know, Mammoth, you know, Van Halen." And it's going to have Pantera. And although it's kind of a, ooh, you know, that or a five-finger death punch part. But I was like, okay, we'll do the Friday. And then, and then I was, I didn't think anything else of it. Like, yep, I'll, I'll wait for the, for the Wednesday. I'll be good. I'll buy the Friday. And then I think it might have been Tuesday night. There was another email that came out that was a little bit more explanatory, which was basically, you're going to have to buy both days. We're not splitting them up. And it was like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. So then I figured, all right, then I'm going to look at prices and see see what's up and kind of make a decision. And then I also, on the Wednesday, I, I get in and I think I was like the, like in the queue, I think I was like number 250 in the queue. And I got, I got there like right on the dot. Um, and the first thing that comes up, it says, you know, these are for both days and you can't transfer any of them because I was thinking, oh, I know what I'll do. I'm like, my buddy Jeff wants to go. So I'm going to basically, I'll, okay, I'll buy the two-day ticket and then I'll transfer day two to him. And then I see this, oh, we can't transfer. Are you freaking kidding me? Um, Hang on a second. Before, before you go any further, mm -hmm. Scott, does that mean that if you, how many, how many tickets can you buy? Just the maximum. Uh, I was allowed to buy... For that first for that first day, under with my legacy code, I could buy up to four. Okay, so do you have to name the four people in the seats to no. buy the tickets? No. Okay, it's just that you personally have to go to the so, two shows because you're paying for them. Is that that's what yeah? You're so on, so uh, usually oh, okay. a ticket master, you could just go. Okay, well I've got these individual tickets. I'll just you know transfer or 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 sell the other ones off, and they were like. They're not doing single day tickets till like January, if there's things left. I think there is. So I was like, what the hell? So I, I was like, all right, I'm not going to bother. Like, I, I'm just not going to like kill money on a whole show that I can't. Because there's no way I was going to go down and deal with Gillette two days in a weekend. As much as I yeah. like Metallica, you know how Gillette is. It sucks. <laughs> And, and it's just it's like, the, it's, it's, there's one road in and one road out. Yeah. So I was like, and, and even, you know, going from Nikki's, it's a lot closer. It's not as much of a drive, but it's still, it sucks. So I was like, uh, so I, I, so then I was like, yeah. So I, I let Jeff know, Hey dude, this, they, they won't even let me transfer him. And he was like, Oh, he, he goes, well, what if we just, I'll sign in as you on my ticket master and I can go Sunday. And it was like, all right, well, well, so we'll take a shot. Maybe that'll work. So that's, so I, you know, obviously I've got like over a year to work around this snag because the show isn't until 2024 anyways. So right now that's our, that's our, um, our 
fallback position will be. Hang on, hang on. When when is the show? Twenty twenty four, August of twenty twenty four. And they're taking your money now. Yep. <laughs> oh yep. God. You know what? Wow. I got to admit, they're smart because they want to get all this, all of this locked in now. And so I totally understand. I totally understand uh, right now the way the position is to go. Okay, we're going to only sell this in two days. So then you know that you've sold all the seats for both the shows well in advance. So from a business perspective, I get it. What drives me crazy is the, okay, I bought the ticket. You know it's sold. Now let me transfer it to somebody else. And like to, to, lo- to lock that out too is like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. So that's, um, the, that's right. the painful part. Couple of questions. Hmm. How much would it take? How much was the seat? Uh, were they all totaled? So four tickets was, I want to say, I think it was like around, was it six? I'd have to look. Is that for one night? No, that's for the whole shot. That was all of it. Let me see. I can, uh, I'll look back because I got my, my alert text. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got a couple of more questions on this because you're the one who's in, doing the transactions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. Da, da, da. Why is it not? Yeah, it's not that. I know hey, I got one. So you're talking, you're talking about six hundred for four seats mm-hmm. for Friday and six hundred for four seats on Sunday. No, no, no. It was for all of it. You bought all of, okay. all, of, all both days were all at once. So you bought the, I'm buying the same seat for both days. It's one price. So you got, you got eight seats for 600 for Metallica. I got, no, I got two seats for two days. Oh, so that's two. Oh yeah. Okay. So it's three, it's 300 and 300 and 300. Yes. Oh, okay. Plus whatever fees, rip off fees that they add on top of that. So realistically, if you break that down, it's not that far from average of like 150 a seat. Okay. You know, and it was, and these are, these are lower bowl. It's remember it's in the round. So, yeah. uh, the seats that were like, you know, on the 50 yard line to either side. So those ones that were direct in line with the stage, they were more. So I, I'm basically like, like one row cheaper or, or you know what I mean? One, one side yeah. over cheaper. And it was like, yeah, yeah, that's that's way better. And I got an I got the end, so I kept leg room in the aisle. So yeah, okay, right. Ne- next next question I have: Did it explain anywhere in any of the emails why they were ticketing it like that, where you had to buy for both shows? Oh no, no, and I didn't I didn't expect them to. Have you ever heard of another band do that? Oh hell no, I haven't. No, no, I haven't. Um, have you read anywhere the why they've done it that way? No. No, but knowing how things okay. get booked, I'm assuming that it's because they want to be able to have all of the production cost, everything. They know it's 100% covered. Everything is locked in. And they've already got, you know, they've got the money in the bank. <laughs> if, they, if they played two nights and you didn't have to buy both nights, they're going to sell out. Like this is, you know, you know what I mean? This is not a... Oh, we we have to get the money in for the production costs. Blah blah blah. It, it, 
they're going to sell out these shows regardless. Yeah, but I think they wanted. They I think they wanted to, to get do. the cash in fast. They didn't want to have it slowly like come in because they're all there. I mean, they're doing all big dates. You know what I mean? Because I yeah. still think this Gillette they're seems available. Okay. okay, okay, that's that's um. Plus, I you know what I I honestly oh, think oh. too that they the the expectation is, and and I know there's going to be plenty of people out there that are are like yeah i'm gonna go both nights because i'm gonna get i'm not getting a repeat i'm getting totally different opening bands every night and i'm getting a totally different set list so like this is awesome i'm gonna see twice as i'm gonna get to hear twice as many metallica songs as i would on any other tour i've been on so for for a lot of people this is going to be awesome so i might be in the minority to be honest about being like i'm not gonna go there freaking two nights in a weekend yeah, I agree with you on that. And they they are one of the few stadium bands that can actually do that mm-hmm. because um, there's so many stadium acts out there now and they don't vary the set list at all. Right. That to actually, for them to actually go and do, do two shows like this, they wouldn't be able to do it mm-hmm. because of the, the, you know, the production and, yeah. you know. And, and these guys, I mean, they're doing you know, it. And the other thing too, right, is that, I mean, their their schedule for this is is even more sparse than you know some of the bands that people make fun of of being like weekend warriors, you know, of like you know someone like a like a great white that goes out and plays a weekend and goes home. I mean, these guys are doing like play play two nights in a month and go home. You know what I mean? Mm. So yeah, of course they can yeah. they can they can do a blowout and do uh, you know and they have and they even have a rest day in between. So yeah, it works out pretty well for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what have you got? You got Pantera and, and Wolfgang one night, and yeah. Five Finger the other night. Is Five that the Finger way it works? and um, Ice. I think it's Ice Nine Kills is on the second night as well. And then I think in Europe, okay. some of the dates, one of those bands is replaced with uh, with Volbeat, which is which is also a good bill. There, Volbeat's always good live. Man. He- you think at this stage in their career, wouldn't you love to see Saxon or someone like that on some of the shows? You know, bring out one of the you know one of the the, the older bands like that and give them give them a, a fucking stadium run. You know, it it would be interesting, but you you know what I think. So based upon just you know kind of what I see at the shows, and then also. Um, what I've seen at other shows is so, uh, so for instance, with the, uh, death magnetic tour, um, right before they went on, they were playing heavy metal thunder and me and Hunter were like, no, there was no, it was actually, it was 20,000 feet. And we were just like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Saxon. Whoa. You know, and people around us were just looking at us like, who, who is this band? Like they didn't even recognize the song. So you kind of have this, you had a, a large crowd of people around us that were um, post kind of post black album arrivals. Um, and then I look at um, seeing Saxon at the Palladium on the same bill with uh, priest and the same thing. Most people there were like, didn't really care about Saxon playing at all. And then they got fired up at priest. So I could see that at least here in the States, um, I'm not sure how well Saxon would go on in the bill. Obviously Metallica would be, would be, you know, loving the fact of having Saxon on tour with them probably. 
from a from a, a fan perspective, but I think even them from a business perspective are are going to be like, yeah, you know what? There's a huge chunk of our demographic that doesn't know who this band is, doesn't know how they fit into our history, and the other folks that maybe do are just getting to the point where they just can't really cope with the shows anymore. Mm. Or even, I'll throw it out there because mm. Mustaine has come out and said it recently again about big four shows and, you know, hopefully if they, they want Metallica to do one so Slayer can come out of retirement. I wonder, did they throw a bone to Anthrax or, or Megadeth and ask them did they want to come out? Well, they can because Pantera are, of course, doing shows and Charlie is. Right. But Charlie could have done double duty. But like Megadeth, yeah. they could have said, right, Dave, you come out and uh, play some shows with us, you can open up. That would have been amazing. That would have yeah. been killer. Yeah, that definitely would have been. Because when, when, when is the last, the, the last big four show was in New York? What was that, 10 years ago? Um, you might be right. It's been a while. Time's flown. Yeah, it's been a while. And Megadeth have a new record out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it's going to be a year old by the time Metallica tour, but the, the exposure for Megadeth doing stadiums will be a lot. That's better than doing, you know, a week or two weeks doing, you know, hockey arenas are even smaller than that. You're going to get more exposure in a night or two than you would do in all those smaller places. Yep. Yep. Um, I wonder, was that thrown, ar- thrown around at all? Uh, um, I don't know. I, 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 find, I find, I I just, I find the addition of, uh, of Wolfgang a bit odd. Now, I, I think the album he's done is excellent. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really do. Um, and he's out there touring with uh, Alter Bridge, and he, he, you know, he's he's been do, he's been touring now for a while. Um, I just find his inclusion on the bill a little bit odd, because um, there's going to be people that are going to go to that. And if his surname wasn't Van Halen, they wouldn't have a clue who he is. Sure, but you know, the thing is, you know, and you're, even you're the last tour, I'm, we went to the Hardwired tour. You know, it was. Um, you know, even when Volbeat went on, there still weren't like a full stadium yet. So I, I'm gonna, I'm guessing that there's still gonna be a lot of people that are tailgating when Wolfie's on, and probably even, you know, there'll be a larger chunk, I think, of people that will get in there for Pantera because this is kind of more of like a "Will we ever see this again?" type of a thing. Um, so they may get a you know bigger response there, but I but I bet there's a lot of people that are gonna still just kind of be filtering when when, when Wolfie's gone, and you got to figure it's Friday too, so there's gonna be people that even just from from work and stuff are gonna be probably rolling in late. Hmm. Let's talk about the Pantera thing. Um, yeah. A lot of people have been talking about it for years, and of course, very polarizing. Uh-huh. Um, yep. And, and actually, you know, I, when you go back, right, and we look at, we did our, the legacy episode, Time Flies, it was probably a couple months ago, and you actually yeah. even asked me, like, about Pantera and if they were to reform with, you know, where the fans go. And, and I was, I will admit it, I was like, no, no, they, it's like, you know, I wouldn't. And then they did what they did, and it was like, ah, crap. So yeah, of it's going to go. <laughs> so I'm 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 more I'm more of a like of the one person they could pick to to okay. try to fill Dime's shoes is kind of is you know is essentially like Dime's best friend, and it's like oh, okay, so now they really have somebody that's at least approaching it from 
uh, this incredible, heartfelt, respectful type of a thing. And, and that's tough to, that's tough to kind of shit on, you know? And I think it's the same with, with Charlie. Um, cause we all, you know, Dime was great friends with the Anthrax guys. He played on some of their, some of the records that John Bush was on. Um, there was a great fraternity, I think, amongst all these metal bands with Pantera. And that, I don't, that's never been forgotten. A lot of them have said it over the years that you go out partying with the Pantera guys. They were so down to earth, welcoming, mm-hmm. great times, um, great musicians. Yeah. Um, the, the old school fans, of course, again, you know, it's not fucking Pantera. And I, I know it's not. Right. Right. Um, but it, they have the thing behind them that says Pantera, but a lot of that is, is driven by promoters and by management. Um, I think the four guys on the stage know, know damn well that it, it isn't Pantera. It's, a, it's the best tribute that they can put on. Right. And I've seen the videos. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you'd watch the really videos. They sound really fucking good. Yeah. Oh, I did. They it sound really good. Um, of course, everybody's breaking down Zach. He's the one under the most scrutiny saying, you know, he's, he's not getting Dime's tone and all that. But of course he's not. They're two different types of guitar players. They, were, they are. The, the other thing that's interesting too, right? So one thing is definitely that. It's that, you know, you've got Zach who is, you know, Les Paul into a Marshall. He's more, he knows how to drive tubes. He doesn't use really a lot of effects. Dime Believe it or not, most of the you know most of Dime's career, he's in you know those classic days. It's solid state Randalls. It's a different thing. It's a different approach. But the other thing is, and it's kind of funny, but you've got two East Coast guys who are in here, and they're basically filling in for two hardcore Texas boys, and. Mm. Even if, even if you could, even if you're like playing note for note and I'll, and I'll go by something that's kind of, you'll go, I get it is you think about, uh, Scott Gorham coming into Thin Lizzy and having to play parts from folks that were native from Ireland and, and you're, you you know, you come out, you're immersed in the, in that music and that culture and, and your brain works a certain way with the music and it, and it's absorbed all of that stuff. So you kind of, you go in, you try to fill that, you might be able to play the notes, but you don't have all of these nuances that you, you know, when you come out of that, you don't even think of. And so there's, there's a difference. And it's the same thing when you, you know, you, you hear it and there's that, there's kind of that, that bluesy swing that is apparent in in what Vinny did and what Dime does. And even if, um, you know, and I know that Charlie has studied like every possible little thing that Vinny was doing, but even when you do that, you can't get the the nuances from that person and all the things they absorbed in their life and, and are coming through on them. So, so, you know, you hear it with... Um, you know, you watch some of the videos and, and you and you watch Zach. Again, I agree, he's under incredible scrutiny where yep, he's he's playing the riffs and everything, but there's just this little kind of groove thing that 
was always there. And it was even a thing that was played back and forth between Dime and Vinny as well because of them playing f- with together with each other forever. You know, you can't duplicate that. But you take all of that out. They're doing awesome. And and then the other thing yeah. was like I I saw I don't know if you watched the video of the I think it was it might have been the the first show in Mexico and they're playing Cowboys from Hell and or they're trying to play it and you can see that you know Phil's talking and he's talking and he's talking and Jack keeps getting ready to play and you can tell he is like ready to go and he looks and Phil just keeps talking. And it's like, yeah, he's got to be like, okay. And then he gets ready to play again. And then Phil's just starts talking again. And so here's and this that, guy. Is this the one where Zach is just going, dinga, 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 dinga. Yeah. And he's just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. he's raring to go. And, and, you know, cause he gets in that battle station position and, yeah. and he just keeps getting like whacked in the balls. And it's like, and, and finally <laughs> when they kick into it, he's already, he's like, all right, I've gotten so many lefts. I, I, I need a right here. And so he's already lost that kind of that fire that he kept trying to get going. And now he's got to suddenly snap into it again because Phil decided finally to stop like thanking every fucking person on the planet. And it's like, what the fuck? And, and so I could see where, yeah, you know, here's the guy he's really trying. You can see the intensity on his face and he's, and it's just like, so there's like things like that, I think, as well, that just are, you know, and then people go, oh, he, you know, he sucked or whatever. And it's like, no, he didn't. No, it's he's there. You know, for one thing, if you think it's going to sound exactly like the album, you're out of your fucking mind. It's just it's just not going to happen. And again, you know, Zach isn't dime and, and Charlie isn't Vinny. But you know what? They're going out and they're trying to do like the best goddamn thing they can do. But. There's a difference with this one. Hmm. When other bands go out and they do shows, the, the, other, the guys they're replacing might be still alive. With this one, the, the guys that like Zach hmm. and Charlie are up there, like Diamond Finney are dead. Mm-hmm. It's not a case that they're still around and they're still shitting on it. And, you know, there's a big difference there. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, when, when Alice and Chains got back together with William Duval, it's like, you can't bring back Mike Starr. Mike Starr is dead. Lane is dead. You know, this, these guys still want to go out and play those songs. Yeah. Um, and you look at the guys that are on the stage with Rex and with and with Phil and it, it, it's Zach and it's Charlie. You know, these are fucking great friends of, of the band. Yeah. Um, it must have been really fucking difficult for them to say yes. Um, in in a, in in some ways, because they knew that the you know the, that the, you know the arrows would be pointed at them. Oh yeah, I mean in a way, I mean Zach's already gone through it before, right? I mean Zach's got a little bit of a baptism of like not that he quite t- took over from Randy, but he's been he's had to had to kind of live that legacy, so he's got a little bit of it. Just he's been a little bit removed with you know folks like you know. Brad and Jake and stuff kind of coming in between, but yeah. And, and just the emotional part, right? Because I mean, in, in Aussie, it's not like Randy was Zach's friend, but here you go. You're, you're, you gotta be up there and you gotta, you gotta imagine, holy crap, the thoughts that must go through that guy's head every night while he's trying to play his friend's songs. It's gotta be intense. Mm. I think it's the different thing there. And you bring up the Aussie thing is that Zach didn't, Zach didn't follow Randy. 
Zach followed Jake. Mm-hmm. But with the Pantera thing, the, that band was done. And then, you know, Vinny and, and Dime did Damage Plan. Mm-hmm. And they did nothing since. Like, there was no, you know, Zach is not replacing someone who replaced Dime. Zach is now doing this. And what, an interesting thing that I was reading t- today, because I knew I was going to talk to you, I was trying to look up some um, some some quotes from interviews uh, from about Zach doing the Pantera thing that were more recent because for years Zach has been asked about this, um, and he's always you know been been honest about it and you know over the years and but I, I didn't want to talk about 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 Zach but it was Rex Brown's quote that actually interested me. Um, and this was like the last year or two, he's asked about a Pantera reunion. And Rex said, it's going to come up and it won't be Zach Wild. I guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the following year or two, Rex Brown's on stage. Who's playing guitar? <laughs> Zach Wild. <laughs> uh. But let's, let's talk about their set list because I've had a good look. I've had a look at, at a couple of them. Um, I don't see really anything from the Great Southern Tranquil, which is, uh, which you know, disappointed me a little bit. They're playing five songs from Far Beyond Driven, which is fabulous. Mm. Um, and then it's like uh, Cowboys, and of course, uh, um, yeah, what the fuck? Uh, oh, and what's the other one? Jesus Christ, brain fart. Um, vulgar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think they're playing one from um, one from the last record that they did. Um, reinventing Rim the steel, base, yeah, yeah, um, which an album that I actually love, but um, I'm just really glad they're doing it. Um, there's a lot of you know, this will come up, and it's a cliche. Oh, but there's a lot of younger fans out there that they never got to see these songs, and now they're getting a chance to you know to hear them. Um, and some people might say, yeah, but Phil was doing it with the illegals; he was doing. You know, he was doing a set of Pantera songs. Mm-hmm. But that the difference now is that you put the Pantera name behind, behind Phil. It's not going to be in clubs. It's right. going to, they're going to be out doing festivals. They're going to be really high up on the bill. The zeros help. I'm not going to lie. You know, it's, it's a business. <laughs> um, it is a business. And you get you got the two guys in, in the band still alive who were there when these songs came out. You got the singer, which for a lot of people is the most important thing, or it, one of them. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he got the bass player, and you have a fucking shit-hot drummer in Charlie, and you got a shit-hot guitar player in Zach. And if you don't like it, and you're fucking jumping up and down about it, don't go. But I guarantee you, there's a fucking lot of people out there, and I'm going to be one of them. I'd fucking love to see this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie because that band had a big part in me getting through the '90s and the early zeros with when it came to metal because you know everyone else was doing fucking new metal and all this shit, and a band came along like this, you know, the fucking heavy grooves, guitar solo, shit hot instrumentation, um, angry. Yeah, you know they fucking stood out from a lot of the rest of them, and I'm just I'm just glad that you know. They're they're still out there and they want to fucking they want to do it. I I know damn well it's not Pantera and they know it's not Pantera, but just go out and enjoy the fucking music. 
with two of the guys that that played on it. You know, yeah. Because I think, I think once this is done, they're done. Closure, probably too for. Yeah, Especially probably for definitely. Phil, you know, getting out there and, and doing it. I, I will say, though, that, you know, the other day when I heard that, you know, Rex got sidelined and then it was like, okay, well, now wait a minute. Now we're now it's the Phil Anselmo show. For some reason, that that having one less original Pantera guy was like, uh, is this really is this really oh. good right now or not? Yeah. It, it, hey, if, if Zach goes down, they can get John Five in. <laughs> <laughs> Get him in before oh, the Motley tour. That's a whole other thing, dude. I had somebody who was like, <laughs> they were so happy about like, oh, John Five's going to, and uh, trying to explain to them, John Five is not going to go out and do John Five stuff. John Five is going to go out and he's going to do Mick Mars stuff. It's not going to, it's, yeah. it, it, and he's going to be, he's a, such a great player. He's going to be faithful to how Mick Mars does it. You aren't going to get the John Five experience. You know, so it's like, yes, he's a great guitar player, but if you if you expect to have a, you know, the John Five show, it's it's not. It is still going to be the the Nicky Vince and Tommy show, and and you're gonna fill in for our guitar player. Only now you we actually have a guitar player that can move again. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, he's um a bit of a tangent here, just for a minute, but he's already I've I've already seen that uh, he's selling these meat and grease. Hmm. For the the Motley shows when they come around, I'm not begrudging him any of this. Yeah. He's um he's a really really good guitar player. Oh, he hurt. is. I mean, I was gonna go with another one of my guitar buddies when he because he was supposed to play um the Tupelo. It was supposed to be him and Ingve, and then COVID, and then he dropped out, and it was like, well, I'm not gonna just go up to see Ingve because that's just I I need to have some balance. I just can't have a full night of Ingve. And yeah, it was a disappointment because I was really looking forward to going over and and just yeah, getting get to see John Five. But yeah, he 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 backed out of it because of the COVID. So it's like yeah, but I mean, it's good to see him out there. It's good to see him get some recognition. But I mean, again, he's not going to be John Five out there. He's he's playing Mick Mars's parts. Yeah, he's a hard gun. Yeah, and, and, sure and if the mix well is as bad as it was in Boston, then no one's going to be able to hear <laughs> anything he's doing, anyways. <laughs> Which is like a whole other okay. thing. Yeah, yeah. So let's wrap it up here. Um, we'll talk about uh, Judas Priest in the Hall of Fame. Mm. Everyone out there who listens to the show, I think at this stage, knows that the Hall of Fame doesn't really mean anything to me. That I don't need a Hall of Fame in Cleveland to justify whether I think a band is good or not. <laughs> um, but what's, what's interesting about this one is uh, that KK actually played with Judas Priest on the stage because over the years you've heard of bands being inducted and it's been a complete shit show when it comes to uh, who turns up that the Hall of Fame of course wants all these musicians on stage again especially if they haven't played together for years oh yeah but you can get something like what happens with yeah but you can get something that what happened like what happened with Guns N' Roses and Van Halen where you know, half the fucking guys don't even bother their arse showing up and you get kind of a, a jam thing with maybe one of them and it's the last thing the hall wants. So for, for I'll give kudos to to, uh, to Priest for, for doing this and KK playing and, and Les, Les Binks playing, right? Mm. Hi everyone, this is KK Downing, formerly of Judas Priest and you're listening to Focus on Metal, so crank it up as loud as you can. Um... 
and I have you seen the video? I of, have not. The, no, I have not. Okay, I have. I have. Right. So what you had was priest show up on stage, played a couple of songs. You know the songs they played. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know, it's pretty fucking obvious the ones that were good. So they played a medley, and um, it had all the guys on stage and Les and and KK, mm. right? And um, they sounded good. And you had all this hullabaloo coming up, leading up to it. You know, was KK going to play? Was he going to play? He shouldn't play. Certain fans were like, he shouldn't be up there. And then other fans were, oh, he should be up there. He, he, you know, he was part of the twin guitar team, helped write a lot of their biggest songs. And I think the band did the right thing and they kind of said, yeah, he should be there. And, you know, we want him to play. So they did it. Yeah. And then, of course, Jane Andrews, the manager, recently goes on a Gloria Butler, who's... um, Geezer Butler's wife's mm. podcast and uh, said that in a lot of ways it looked like KK was nervous and a little bit out of his depth <laughs> right and um, oh man I remember looking at <laughs> reading that name. and I'm like yeah um, that he hadn't been touring for you know about 10 years and it you know, basically she was saying it showed. And I watched the video and I didn't get a sense of that at all. Mm. And you read something like that and, and she even said it in the interview, I shouldn't really be saying it. And I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't really be saying it. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't have really said you were going to go out as a four-piece either. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, you, but you did. And uh, that caused the backlash. But yeah. the, the thing with KK, um, and Jane Andrews, right? But what we've I've interviewed KK, you've read the book, right? There's yeah. <laughs> they don't get it, they don't like each other, no. right? Um but what what this said to me was Jane Andrews posturing and positioning the band now with Richie Faulkner saying I know I'm gonna get the KK's coming back t- thing because he actually appeared on the stage. Mm. And that was her way of, of saying that uh, he's not coming back. I'm just going to say that he was nervous and he seemed out of his depth. I'm going to make it look as if he's not fit enough to come back and play with us. And I'm just going to try and drive a nail in this now and, and just get ahead of it. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts on it? Like, do you think there's a bit of that in it? Yeah, I, I'm sure there is. I, there's... You know, you, you realize that now that we've said anything bad about Jane, we've sealed our deal of ever getting even if I'm priest on the show again. <laughs> just, um, well, you can always edit this out, but no, no, you're me. not going to edit anything out. Trying, just, but it's, but we, I mean, we honest. know that we know the track record with her. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, it, it's absolutely, it's posturing. I mean, this is, and the thing is, is that it, okay, you're, you're, you're repping the group, you think you're protecting, the group you think you're protecting Glenn, but at the same time, you're you're essentially shitting on every single one of us that really likes KK and and likes what he did in Priest. Like it's like, what are you doing? And 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 you have something that that went off rather well with the Hall of Fame without drama, and now on the back end. 
she feels the need to add the drama. Yeah, exactly. She should have just left it. Yeah. And said it was great. It was great. It was, she should have told the political line here and said, it was great seeing him. He did a really good job on the stage. We have a new record coming out. It's, it's, it's mostly done. And, you know, we, we want to thank KK for actually do, coming, coming up on stage and, and playing with us that a lot of other musicians would, you know, haven't done that with their older bands in the past and just let it go at that. Um, but actually, you know, criticizing his stage performance like that. I'm like, this guy has played arenas for 30 something years. You know, it's, it's muscle memory when he gets on stage. And yeah. saying that he looked a little bit out of his depth, like that's that's to be honest with you, in a lot of that's insulting. It is, and and honestly, you know, and and I'm just like making shit up on the fly, but you know, when when Richie had his heart event and he couldn't do the shows, I could totally have seen that if they had said, "Hey, KK, would you mind filling in for Richie, aka filling in for yourself?" So we can do these shows and that, and let everybody know that you're just helping us out. He would have been like gracious and been no matter what else would have been. It was great to play with the band again, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He, I, he, I, I mean, we've talked to him. He absolutely would have been like that. It would have been, he would have been probably more than happy to do it. Psyched that he got asked and, and been gracious about the whole thing and, and never said anything bad afterwards either. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's sad. I mean, why? Why why create, like, extra shit afterwards? Mm. But you never hear anyone in the band say something like that. Well, because they're not allowed They to. always toe the line and say it was great seeing them. And I think in a lot of ways, it probably was great. Oh, sure. You know, for the guys to see, to see KK and just to say hello just for one night, the fact that they were able to pull it off. And Les Binks was up to the task? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go on a little bit of a, a tangent here and say the fucking Ripper should have been there. Yeah. You know, if he should have, I don't know whether he was even invited to go. Just no Dave Hall. Um, well, he's dead. <laughs> but, um, you know, Ripper was on two records. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, they don't have an issue with fucking burying him. You know, they hardly even mention his, 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 his albums with the band. Um, but, they bring up, you know, you talk about Les Binks. Les Binks was in the band. I know the albums he was on are iconic. I'm not going to knock them. But Ripper was in the band for, what, 10 years? Les yeah. Binks was in the band for, what, a year and a half, two years? You know, in a lot of ways, if Ripper hadn't to come in to Priest, that band wouldn't have been in the Hall of Fame because he was able to bridge the gap between Painkiller and Rob coming back. And then they went, you know, they, they, when Rob came back, they, they did Angel of Retribution and they've done some really good stuff since. But, um, you know, they could have been, for, I'm not saying forgotten, but their stature mightn't have been as, as, as high as it is now if Ripper hadn't have been in the band for 10 years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, for one thing, he carried on, you know, they got to Painkiller and he was able to carry on that kind of aggressive zenith that they had you know, yeah. through a couple more albums and, and kept them out there and in the public eye and, and did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. But, 
you know, no mention of him again. <laughs> I don't know why they keep doing that to him, but uh, that's Judas Priest management for you. Oh, yeah, exactly. I suppose. Yeah. But, um, and the other thing, I just want to finish with this. I'm not shitting on Richie at all. He's a fucking great player. I've seen him with Priest a few times. Brilliant. Brilliant player. Oh, yeah, great writer with the band. He's put a fire under that band's ass since he joined. You know, and I'm looking forward to the new record. It's just that some of the decisions that the people in that band make that aren't, you know, like the likes of management, they just sometimes they just, I, I scratch my head at it. Yeah, no, I, like, I, I, why, I agree with you. Why? Richie, Richie's phenomenal. He is phenomenal. He's yeah, he's just an incredible player. He's brought a lot again to the band. It's great. Yeah. And you know, even just seeing seeing them live with him, yeah, it's great. I mean, he's got an awesome stage presence and you know, puts it all together. So he's he's a, definitely a worthy player to be in the band. So yeah. 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 Have um have you read Rob's new book? I have not. I have it sitting on my shelf over there. I got a nice little signed copy, and I'm looking forward to reading it. Maybe over the holidays. I'm just getting through. Um, there's another book I bought a few months back. It's um, it's these it's these interviews with Eddie Van Halen. It's I don't know if you read this or not. It's it's a great way they did this book, where it's basically gives a little segment of the VH history, and then there's an interview with Eddie from that time period, and then they just keep going through his career all the way through and they just they have interviews from that time period in there and at the same time they talk to different people like i just um i left off on saturday they were they were doing like a little interlude where they were they were doing an interview with michael anthony and they've done an interview they did one interview with gary sharon and so there's other players in there and people that have worked with them so there's interviews with that and then they have other little one-page segments of kind of lesser known Eddie guitars as well. But the whole thing is, a, it's a really interesting concept to kind of give a chunk of history and then have an interview that's from that time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great read. Mm. Yeah. The book I have in my lap now is, um, killing the dragon Theo in the nineties and the two thousands. Oh, that's great. The new one from Martin Popoff. Yeah. And then, and then um, I also just get in the denim and leather one as well. The new, new album history. So that's, yeah, I'll be reading that one pretty soon, hopefully. Well, is that the Michael Hahn one? The Denim and Letter one? I don't know who... Yeah, because I'm looking at it Ian, here. I thought it was Ian... It might be Michael Hahn. I thought it was Ian Christie for some reason. Maybe because it's that same print house he's on. Yeah, I'm looking at Denim and Letter, Michael Hahn. It's, it's, an, ex it's an excellent read. Really, really good. Um, yeah, there's been books out this year I haven't even gotten around to yet. And I I, I, um, I wanted to read Matt Sorum's one. I haven't even gotten that yet. Yeah, and then the um, other one that just came in last week was um, John Karabi's. I haven't even read that one yet either. <laughs> and you know how big a fan of the 94 record I am, the Motley yeah. Crue one. Yeah. Um, I'd be honest with you, I'm more interested in the Karabi book mm. to see what he says about his time in Iraq than I am about Motley. <laughs> Well, yeah, I can uh, certainly I, let you borrow it. So, yeah. Yeah, I saw him with Rat in Belfast. Mm, wow. And I remember looking at him and I'm like, that's John Caravi playing rhythm guitar and background <laughs> vocals. I'm like, fucking hell. 
<laughs> I, it's, I mean, yeah, we, we live in this weird bubble because, yeah, I mentioned John Karabi to people and they just kind of look at me like the RCA dog. Like, what? Who? Who are you? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So anything else, Scott? What do you... No, I think... Oh, well, you know I mean, what I'm... This is like old school you know, focus on metal, man. Do you know what I'm listening to recently? I picked up the Skid Row vinyl box set. The Atlantic Years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, um, yeah you got the vinyl one, right? Yeah. Yeah, so um, you be careful when you lift it up because all the albums fall out of it really easy. Yeah. Um, I've always loved the Subhuman Race record. Very, very polarizing album, that one. Yeah. Um, I'm enjoying the I'm enjoying the band. I was never a massive, massive fan of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a well put together box set. I will admit that. Oh, and I ordered today. Um, you you actually you have all of these, so it's going to be like ah yeah, I have that. <laughs> um, I ordered the uh, for Christmas. They asked the kid, the kids, and all that asked me what I wanted. So I'm getting the deluxe box set vinyl edition of the Black Album. Oh yeah, that's a that's a that's a great one. Yeah, this like the, all of those are done really really well. But the yeah the amount of stuff that's packed in there is insane. I think I looked at your one and I it had like yeah fifteen CDs or DVDs and albums and all that. And I'm like wow, like that's well done because you look at something like that right. And another one I was looking at um was the uh, the Overkill, the Atlantic Years box mm. set on vinyl. And that has the the six or seven albums they did for Atlantic. So I think it goes from, is it Field of Fire up to Wide Fucking Open, WFO, mm. in 94 or 5? Yeah. So you get it. And I, one one of the ones that I have, I've got it as a, the, I, I picked up Sound of White Noise. Mm. And... Um, when I opened it up, it was just white plastic inner sleeves, double yeah. album, and I'm no pictures of the band, and I'm like, where's the fucking in list? Yeah, it's amazing because like you I see just that a lot up, more now. Uh, two co- new colored vinyl editions from Triumph, um, Never Surrender, and Rock and Roll Machine, and Never oh, Surrender brilliant. has the insert exactly like the original because I've got I've got the original, and then Rock and Roll Machine has got the plain white. But that's what was in the original as well. So that one was done really okay. well, you know? Yeah. Because I, I pick up a couple. Like, one of them I picked up was Winger's Pull. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm a massive Winger fan. So I have the CD, and the CD's got all the lyrics and band pictures and everything in it. When I opened up, opened up the vinyl, it had the front and the back the same as the CD, and then the white sleeve. Mm. Nothing else. Zero. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And so you got to be careful, I think, with um, with some of these box sets and vinyl reissues that are coming out because you know Metallica control all their own stuff. Yeah. So you know that's going to be shit hot. You know something like Kiss? Yeah, like I just got in the like uh, that, it's, Alive 245th today. And yeah. obviously I have the, the, the original from the freaking week it came out. But, but this thing has... The sleeves are just like the original, and it even has the, the little book that's in it just like the original. And the only thing it doesn't have is the little merch thing, which I can understand them not putting the little merch thing in because people would probably get confused and try to order the shit. Um, but otherwise, yeah. it, it's it, it's like the original. It's just that it's on uh, 
you know, uh, like a blue and red spattered vinyl instead. But yeah, they yeah. did a great job on that one. The same with the the rock and roll over one. Even had the sticker that came with the original one. The the love gun reissue. The sleeve is just like it is with you know the the kiss in blood, and it even came with the little love gun you can put together as well. Yeah, they they've been doing great with these ones. The creatures of the night one. Yeah, yeah but got it's one. Got same every thing bell too. And whistle on it. Yeah. Um, but when when I when I remember looking at the the creatures one because that's my favorite Kiss record, right? And it is I, I'm gonna it is fucking expensive, right? I'm not gonna lie. Mm. But their fans out there will, will go, you know, go wave shit over stuff like this and and good luck to you. I, I I'm more of a pick and choose kind of a guy because mm-hmm. I can I have it already. You know, I have it in vinyl, and then I bought the the CD, and then I bought the remastered CD, and now they're giving you all this bonus stuff. But when I see a band like Kiss do that, do you have the Kiss box set that came out? The one that came out in uh, oh, it's probably fifteen years ago now. You remember the one that came out with the, the guitar case? It was one version. You know, I was talking like to Nikki about CDs. that the other day. That and she was like, "Really?" And I was trying to describe it, and I was only describing it because I was actually saw this and I had never seen this before, but there was a there's a Led Zeppelin road case two hundred and eighty gram single sided vinyl and it's in a road case. <laughs> and and they only made I think they only made I wanna say six hundred of them because they were tough to make. I guess it's okay. the best that I guess it's the best sounding Zeppelin you can get. And I, and she was like, well, who, you know, that's crazy, you know? And then I was like, well, you know, Kiss made one and it was in a guitar case and blah, blah, blah. She was like, what? And yeah, I think he might be the only other person who remembers they did that. Yeah. Cause the Kiss one, I'm, I'm a massive era, uh, era. I'm a bigger fan of the non-makeup era than I am the makeup era. Mm-hmm. It's because of when I got into it. Sure. Right. I got into eighties. Right. So that's me. So I'm the Bruce Kulik, Vinnie Vincent you know, animalize, all that stuff. I'm all over that. And when I bought the original box set, I always felt that the 80s, the extras from the 80s were more or less shit, that they had the only real unreleased track they had on it from the 80s was this song called Time Traveler. I think they did for maybe around the time of Crazy Nights. Mm. Um, And there was always rumors that they'd done all these other demos and you know, they, you know, they started recording the Crazy Nights record and then shelved some of it and then went in with Ron Nevison. So they had all these other songs that were never released. And then you find out that Creatures comes out with all these tracks on it. And I'm thinking, why didn't you fucking put any of them on the 80s one mm. <laughs> when, you, when you did the box set originally? Um, you kind of feel, a, I, I don't know, I just kind of feel a little bit cheated when bands do that. Yeah. You know, put a bit more effort into it, but but like you, you the docking one now is coming out, the yep. vinyl one. Yep. So it's got the first four records, right? Mm-hmm. But as far as I know, it's it's just the first four records, and there's no bonus stuff. Nope. No, um, as far as I know, is nothing. No, no bonus stuff on it. It's just the yeah, it's just the remaster. Yeah. Um. So that's a, a re, was a remastered vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um. You you gonna get that? Oh yeah, I already ordered it. Oh, did you? Yeah, I already have them. They're they're still it's pre ordered. Right? I'm not. I don't think I'm going to see it till like probably February. But yeah. Okay. And how much did that cost? Oh, I don't remember. I ordered it back in October. Okay. So it's it's literally the first four records 
plain track listing. Yep. No bonuses, no posters, no nothing. And the only the only thing is it's in one box and they're remastered and that's it. Yep. Okay. Wow. Wow. You still already have all that vinyl, don't you? I don't have Back for the Attack on vinyl because I bought that on CD. But the others, oh yeah, the uh-huh. others I got them. I have from. Well, the uh, breaking the chains is is the, one of those original imports from Germany. So I don't. I don't even have a U.S. release of that. I have the German release of that from before they were even released here. And then, okay. yeah, then the other, then then you know, uh, then like under lock and and tooth. I those are yeah, like the week they came out, ones on vinyl. Yeah. Mm. They're not even doing beats from the east in it. I don't think so. Yeah, I've got um, I've got that the double vinyl. Mm. That I think that came out in '88. I've still got all that. It's see when I say I pick and choose, mm-hmm. that's one I'm not picking. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and the Metallica one, I'm like, I'm all over that because that gives you fucking everything. Yeah, like I said, those are you know, those are really well done. What's bizarre too is that because I'm I'm I can actually see them from here as I'm sitting here, but. There's actually more in the Injustice one than even the Black Album one. The first yeah. is pretty much about the same as far as content, but Justice actually has more content than all of them. It's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. We could talk all night. <laughs> <laughs> I think we already have. Much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anything else to uh, finish off? What What are you listening to these days? Anything new? Ah, uh, no, nothing really new. No, I've just been, you know, getting some of these reissue ones and just playing the vinyl. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. What am I listening to? Old Ingve, New King's X. Still love the Def Leppard album. Um, the Alter Bridge album's really good, I think. Oh, yeah, actually, I've got that on vinyl. I haven't cracked the the seal on it yet, but I did get that like two weeks ago on vinyl. Yeah, yeah. Oh, when you're stuck in, when you're stuck at home, you can't go anywhere. Yeah, there you go. Music, is, music saves you. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott. All I'll right, you go. All right. Well, All hey, right. this we has been this has been an great, hour and a uh, half here, didn't we? Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, damn near there. But yeah, and this has been good. This is uh, a nice little break. Get some old school discussion going, and uh, I mean you guys listening you should probably expect some more of this as well because uh yeah, it's just kind of the the way we're slotting things in right now yep more discussion on the way yep Iron maiden you got it <laughs> <laughs> next three bat next three albums all right listen scott i'll leave you go all right have a good one all right i'll, I'll talk to you soon okay. all right later okay bye focus on metal everything else is insignificant <sighs> Still here? It's over. Go home.